Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekend sports with a difference. So I thought it'd be fun if we all went around and said our name and a little something about ourselves. I'll start. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. Will you stop your damn sniveling, son? Buck up, Bart. Buck up. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Hey. What up, though? Hi. I'm back. Little little six. I don't mind the... Little allergy, I should say. It's not sickness. Sound like Urkel a little bit, but, yeah, it's, so it's, so it's, so but it's cute though. Don't mind the voice and the nose being stuffed up. I'm sure wifey likes it. I'm, I'm sure uh, Rop will be picking up the bug, you know, tomorrow since he likes to eat the microphone. Oh, don't Rob, worry. T- he tongue kisses the Dude, microphone all over that thing. The uh, that's his girlfriend. You better watch out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just caressing the microphone. I'll right get now. you too. Um, this. Uh, this studio is just like a petri dish of diseases, I feel like, because Suk has been really sick. Suk has made Rop sick. Cam and Dusty have been sick. I have been sick. And it's like anybody who's been in here at some point this winter has gotten some sort of bug. Now, I haven't gotten the flu. Damn it, man. The- Knock on wood, man. I don't, Same I don't, in here, bro. I don't need to get sick from anybody. Well... 1080 cooties, man. Now that you're thinking about it, it's going to happen. But um, but no, seriously though, it's this this room is disgusting <laughs> because th- if you think about it, each of these microphones is used by five to six people a week. Yeah, you got three people on a daily basis. Our show on Sunday, the show before us on Saturday, and the Wednesday night show all have people using. Nemec is, Nemec is in here on and Nemec on Thursday. Yeah. You're right. So another one, seven. Um, and occasionally Swag does the Terry Porter show in here as well. So possibly eight. And they have golf in Northwest, so nine. Nine times, nine shows. Nine times. Number nine, number nine. Uh, use this studio every week. Do you know how many times the studio gets cleaned? Zero times. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like maybe a vacuum job gets done. We got to talk the janitorial, though. So. Well, they come in and they take the trash, well, but I'm- they don't really like... The problem is, is they 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 come when we're always on the air, so they don't. They're always like, "Oh, oh, sorry," and then they'll just leave the room. <laughs> you're like, "Well, <laughs> sorry that we're here when you're here," but um, I, I don't That's know. Cool. It's it's just the studio is disgusting. And when when they removed some of the stuff when TV left us, it felt cleaner. But I really don't feel like they cleaned anything. I just feel like it felt less cluttered. So I was like, oh, look at how clean the studio is. And now it's... Yeah, you're never really in here, so you're kind of... Well, I'm here twice a week. But well, yeah. I could still... I'm still here in this general area, and I can see that it looked cleaner. But no, it's not. You know, if, if you look at the actual microphone cover, the windshield, I guess is what it would be called technically. Pretty gross. It's disgusting. It's it is awful. I'm just gonna invest in new ones for every for everyone. New new mic covers for everyone. Yeah, but how long is that gonna last before it gets diseased? Doesn't matter. One we month. Gotta, we gotta get we gotta get some new ones. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even care. Uh, so, but yes, I I am back and uh, it's snowing today, and oh, damn it. it is not sticking. Luckily, but it is. I don't care. It's well. Hey 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 hey. If it doesn't stick, then it's like it's just raining. <laughs> and it just looks nicer than rain. So man, screw the snow, man. I got stuff to do. Well, it's not sticking. You can do it. Okay. The roads were fine. This, this is depressing. Why is it depressing? Because it's Oregon, and I don't want to see the snow right now at all. Because Really? Because to me, the snow is less depressing than the rain because it's different. Because the rain is constant, and the snow is at least something we see. This is, what, the second time we've seen it this year? I'm not as, I'm not as excited as you are. I'm not excited either, but it's not like it's a depressing thing. It's just, as long as it's not sticking, it's fine. Because it's not... Screwing up what I want to do today. Agree to disagree. I don't want to see this crap. <laughs> I was well, angry when I got out of the car. Keep uh, keep an eye on the roads out there. If it does get slippery, be safe. But uh, at least for my driving this morning, it seemed fine. And it's supposed to get warmer. So should be okay. Shouldn't have to worry too much about 
staying safe out there on the roads. Uh, so we are Sports Sunday now. I, this is my first Sports Sunday because I was out last week, which was the first Sports Sunday of the year. Um, we do not need to talk about football the entire show. And frankly, I don't think I have any football in the show notes today. I don't know if anything happened this week as far as football. No, the only thing that, that came out that I thought was really interesting was the Kirk Cousins stuff. But we talked about that a couple weeks ago when the initial report came out that they were considering franchise tagging Kirk. And then Mike Florio had it this week because he said the Redskins are in the, quote, pettiness game, yeah. which I thought was really funny and really stupid. But um, so we kind of talked about that already. We had a whole two segments on it a couple of weeks ago. And uh, so we don't have any football today at all. We got a lot of basketball. Got a little Olympic talk. All-star game today, baby. Woo! Mm. I'm excited to see what this game looks like. I mean, this is the first time ever it's not like East versus West, and you don't think the West is just going to run away with it. So, I mean, I'm excited to see because everybody's really saying, oh, Team LeBron is great. And I agree, but this is an NBA where you have to shoot threes, and Steph has the best three-point shooters in the the league on his team. All right. Well, so, let, let's hold those hot takes. Cause I do have that I'm in the notes saying. today. Let's not, let's not have all the hot takes out in the first segment here. Uh, <laughs> but we, we will talk some all-star game. We will talk. That's more what I want to talk about. I, to be honest, I, my parents are in town. I didn't see the dunk or the three point contest. So I can't really, <laughs> I can't speak intelligently on it. So it's not like I, I'm not even going to try to pretend, but I do want to talk about the new format. Cause we haven't talked about that. Uh, we know who the last picks were, and it's really freaking funny. Uh, I want to talk about Dame in the All-Star game. Plus, I want to spend some time today digging into the Blazers because we really haven't spent over the last six months any time talking about the Blazers. And we both like watching the Blazers. We're both NBA fans, and we are at the All-Star break, which is the de facto middle point of the season, but we're three-quarters of the way through. And the Blazers are doing Blazery things. They're essentially the same team as they always are, but there's hope. And uh, we'll talk about that this hour. Rashad does not like the Olympics. No, so the Winter no, Olympics. There we go. The Winter Olympics. There we go. And on his Facebook page, he has been very passionate about this. Just once. Well, and in like the 100 comments that followed. You fire people up with this. Hey, man, I can't help it if people don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> I can't help it if no. people have their own stupid opinions. No, no, yeah. I, I, I was able to have a lot of really good, you know, back and forth conversation. I just want to, you know, I just want to, I just want to have a conversation, you know. I don't want to argue. I'm not trying. I never tell anybody you're wrong or that's stupid. Never, ever. I never tell anybody that. As, as he just said. I'm just saying, I, no, because I wouldn't say yeah. that. I don't no, think he, he wouldn't say that as he says it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. no. What? No. <laughs> I would never do that. <laughs> uh, so that's coming up on the show today. Uh, also, we're going to bring West Coast Bias back. I want to talk a little bit about Pac-12 College Hoops, which is really down in the dumps this year, and try to figure out why and where they could be going with the tournament this year. So that's coming up in the 10 o'clock hour. We also have Hader Lovett, of course, at 1030. Um, and then maybe, I mean, I guess, you want to talk about the Black Panther movie at some point? Uh, sure. I know you love I haven't seen it yet, but you, you've gone twice. You loved twice. it. Yeah. It's gotten... Incredible reviews on all the review sites. Rotten Tomatoes had it really highly rated from what I saw. And um, people are saying that it's one of the best superhero movies since the original Dark Knight in terms of like universally being liked by everybody, which is pretty cool. So we could talk about that as well. So that's all to come on the show. You could text us on the fan text line at 55305. That's where you can uh, find us and interact with us throughout the entire show. You can also find us on Twitter at Tenate the Fan. At Mike Lynch27 is myself. At TaylorMade503 is Rashad. And Jesse is at Jesse Osman, A S Z M A N. But it is kind of one of those really kind of crappy weekends in sports in general. Or really, maybe not this weekend, but we're getting into the week of crap because NBA is going to be off until Friday and or Thursday. So we're going to have three straight days of nothing. Is it Thursday or Friday? Well, the Blazers start Friday. I don't know when the teams come back. I haven't checked the full schedule. I can double check that for you. But um, it's going to be a couple of days. Yeah, it's Thursday. It's going to be a couple of days until the, the NBA comes back again. Uh, NHL, eh, Winter Olympics. Eh, if I'm going <laughs> to slightly tease what my opinion with Rashad on the Olympics is. It's, gonna, it's one of those weird weeks in sports where there's really nothing happening. So oh, yeah, it's that post Super Bowl kind of hangover, and then yeah. the NBA decided to, oh, you know what? Let's give them a real All Star break and not have them come back. Right, exactly. Week. Let's give so, them two weeks off, essentially. Yeah, because the Blazers were off from Wednesday until this Friday, almost 
a week and a half off straight, which is probably perfect for any team that needs needs a break at the All Star break. But still, so many days without watching games. Yeah, I think I think there are a few dudes who can do with that. You know, with a nice little four or five day break. You know, a lot of teams that probably just need. Oh, that. it's deserving for them, yeah. but for fans who want to watch live sports. Oh, it's terrible. It's awful. It's terrible. College and, basketball, it is for you know the next week. Well, I, I mean, for most people. Most people, at least the Olympics are on. And they're on almost the entire day. So you at least get some sports you could it, watch. It like, never goes away. Like, seriously. It does like not. On. It's, it's on right like now. all day. I didn't turn it on, but like it's on day. right now. I'm watching the FA Cup and Tottenham's losing to Ro- Rochdale. Rockdale? Oh, no. Rochdale? Rochdale? Yeah, that's a much lower level team. Okay. So this is surprising. Anyway, uh, so we will start next with the All-Star break. Do you like the new format? We now know who the last players picked were and how much will Dame play. That's next here on Sports Sunday on The Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Nine fourteen here on your Sunday morning. Now it's sunny out, or it's bright at least, and it stops snowing. So, you know, hot sports Sunday weather talk. Uh, NBA All-Star break is going on at the moment. We got the All-Star game today. Is that on the fan, Jesse? Is the All-Star game on the fan today? Do you know? Do you have any idea? I, I will find out right now. Okay. It's probably on the fan, but I don't <laughs> I don't have it on, the, on top. I, I, I should know, and if it is, I should have it in my update. <laughs> well, we'll find out shortly for, for you. But that that is today. It is the first year that we are getting, well, they've done it once before, right? Wasn't it like Team Magic versus, didn't they have one year where they did a picking format in the NBA? Or was that the NFL? Oh, that was the NFL. Yeah, that was like Dion and... Okay, yeah, you're right. I'm like that. I'm mixing up the All-Star games. Um, This is the first year in the NBA where you've got not East versus West. And we do have it, by the way. What time? Five, six? Uh, I'm assuming it's either if it's a, it says 4.30, so I'm, that's pregame, obviously. Okay. Um, right, so so 4.30 pregame is on the fan for the All-Star break. Uh, so you got Team LeBron versus Team Steph, and it was a whole kind of thing when they picked their teams. It was cool to see what teams they picked. Uh, sadly, it was not televised. So we just got an announcement on TNT on Inside the NBA about who was picked for what team, and very obviously, they wouldn't announce the order so that nobody's feelings got hurt. But I am actually more interested in this all-star game than I have been in the past Absolutely. due to this format. Now, I don't dislike East versus West. And, and to be honest, I feel like in the NBA, the conference versus conference thing works better than in the other sports in the all-star games. I'm not a big all-star game guy. Like I, it doesn't It doesn't matter, right? It's an exhibition game. So I, if it doesn't matter, I don't really care. But um, in terms of my interest level, the East versus West was always cooler in the NBA because, like, I feel like that's the conversation all the time is mm-hmm. East versus West. That's what it comes down to in the end. In the yeah, you know? right. But, like, in the NFL, it's not like NFC versus AFC. It's, that's never, like, a generic conversation about the sport. It's usually about the teams or the quarterbacks. In Major League Baseball, American League versus National League is more about the DH and the pitcher hitting versus, oh, my God, the Cubs are playing the Astros, Right. But in basketball, it's like, oh, the Warriors play the Celtics in a regular season game, East versus West. Who's the best? Like, the, it just becomes a part of the, the conversation. So I think that's why I like it the most in the NBA All-Star game. But the fact that two of the biggest brands in the NBA uh, got to pick their teams of All-Stars mm-hmm. is really fascinating to me. And I'm very curious because on paper, LeBron's team looks so much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm very curious to see how it's going to work because like Kevin Durant is on LeBron's team and the other three Warriors are on Steph's team. <laughs> so Durant's going to be going up against his own teammates in the All-Star game, which is really cool. That's a really cool little side twist of uh, of what's going to happen, which would have never happened in the past with the East versus West. So I think that's a really cool idea. No, I, I, I've dug the idea. At first, I was kind of like, well, that's going to kill tradition, you know, and I was kind of like, oh, well, I like the East versus West, but the truth is the West started just running away with it for the past few years, and Kobe even kind of made a little joke. like, yeah, they got tired of getting their, getting their ass kicked, you know, every year, which, you know, I guess I would be too, but uh, 
I'm I'm excited to to see what this looks like, man, because everybody kind of thinks that LeBron's team, like you said, on paper, LeBron's team looks it's it looks unstoppable. You know, yes. with with your starters are <laughs> on Team LeBron, the starters are uh, well, it was Boogie, you know, who's no longer playing, but Anthony Davis, KD, Kyrie, LeBron, and who's starting for Boogie now? Uh, I didn't see that actually. I don't know if he's being replaced as a starter. He just might be maybe one of the bench guys is coming yeah. up to start. So, but you're looking at guys like um, after after those guys, then you have um, Kevin Love, Kevin Love coming off the bench, who also also won't play. Um, who else? Oladipo. You know, he has good Westbrook, John Wall, Paul George, who made three shots in the, the three-point contest last night. So his team is good and for his starters, but I'm looking at Steph's team and going, like, this NBA is about shooting, mm-hmm. right? Three point, the three-point shot is in everything. An, in an all-star game where zero defense will be played. Zero defense will be played. You mean to tell me this team has Steph, Great three-point shooter. James Harden, great three-point shooter. Uh, Draymond, relatively okay three-point shooter for, you know, as as much as he shoots. Or, you know, Jimmy Butler is okay. Dame, phenomenal three-point shooter. Kyle Lowry, okay three-point shooter. Man, Clay Thompson, obviously, you know what I'm saying, three-point champion. Carl Anthony Towns, nobody knows it, but, you know, he leads his team for three-point percentage. Yeah, so, I mean, he's got a, te- bunch, of te- a bunch of dudes on his team that can shoot the lights out, so... In an NBA where you're gonna have a lot of layups from <laughs> from Andre Drummond and from Kevin Love, who's not playing, and Victor Oladipo and Lamarcus Aldridge, but I'm looking at uh, I think Steph team's gonna win, and I think they're gonna win by a lot. Do you think that more sports should do it this way in the All Star game, but actually televise the picking thing? Like, I, just from an, an actual ratings and hype standpoint. Holy crap, people would watch that. Oh, yeah, they would definitely Like watch a playground it. draft of the best players that's in the world. That'd be awesome. Exactly, this, is, this is the ultimate pickup game. I'd and, love to see the. That's why it's like I was really frustrated when they said that it wasn't going to be televised because, I mean, are you really going to ha- – I know this is this is, sounds stupid now, but to me it's like would you really have hurt feelings of being the last all-star picked? I think there's some dudes – Like know, you are still – you still made the all-star team. Who cares if you're first or last? You're You're – you're on the, I, the I think there are some dudes that would absolutely feel slighted. You saw when Russell Westbrook was uh, talking after the selections were made initially, and he thought he was the last person picked because his name is Westbrook, so his last name on the list. And he was in his feelings about it. And then they found out that, oh, no, you weren't the last person picked. You just, your name is Westbrook. And he's like, oh, okay, now it's, oh, I think there are a lot of dudes who would be really, really, you know, kind of butthurt about not being able to say that they were a top pick. You know, already they feel like they should have been starters. You know, I think there's a lot of these guys that every one of these people on the bench, their city loves them. And I guarantee they had a, a team of people voting for Jimmy Butler to make sure that he made he was an all-star starter this year. And it just didn't it didn't come to. But all these dudes feel like they should be starters. Damian Lillard probably feels like he should start in the all-star game as well as Carl Anthony Towns or Porzingis. And they all they would all be correct, you know, in, in in their eyes, or at least in their fans' eyes, they would all be correct. Yeah, so Porzingis got hurt too. Yeah, Porzingis got which which that that's the one injury this year that really hurt my heart. Torres ACL. That hurt my heart, man. I'm man. Hopefully he gets better really soon because I think we saw we were seeing something special from that kid, the unicorn. Yeah, man. But did you, wait a minute. So did you know this is Lamarcus's sixth All Star game? Yeah. Bro, so he's made the all-star team, and I'm looking at it right now. He made it all the time with the Blazers, right? He's, he's made the all-star get team more than uh, Kyrie Irving. He's made it more than Reggie Miller ever made it. He's made it, <laughs> Really? Yeah, Reggie's only a five-time all-star. He's made the all-star team more than Chris Webber has made it. Hmm. He's made the all-star team more than my one of my favorite players of all time, Tom Chambers. You know, he, So there's a lot of dudes on this list that he's, he, he's made it more than Steph. But he's not a... Hall of Famer. Uh, no. I mean, I. It's hard to tell with the NBA Hall of Famer. The Pro Basketball I, Hall of Famer is know. weird. Like, I mean, you, it, look, you look at Lamarcus's overall numbers, and uh, it's it. That's it's the Hall of Famers for truly special people. It I, is. And Lamarcus Aldridge has never been a truly so, special so number one is, guy. Is Jamal Wilkes truly special people? No. Mitch Richmond. <laughs> no. 
Because those are dudes that made the made the NBA Hall of Fame. That's, the, Hall that's of fame. the problem with the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame. The only Hall of Fame I feel like that tries to keep it to the truly special is baseballs. The rest are just like I think hey, football. I think can get I in. think football does a really good job of of making sure the right guy kind of gets in. I don't know. You know. Either either way, that that's a whole separate discussion. But uh, speaking of last picks, though, and Lamarcus. <laughs> <laughs> He and Al Horford were reportedly the final two picks of the draft. Now, Al Horford is not really surprising to me. To me, he was the— He's the worst all-star. Worst all-star, quote-unquote. There's no need to use the quote fingers. He's, he's the worst one. <laughs> but it's then okay. I to see that LaMarcus Aldridge was the last pick for Team LeBron. I so badly wish that LeBron was like, uh, for this pick, I'd like to pick LaMarcia. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> the— so badly want that to be true. And, and the cold part is, like, LaMarcus— is nowhere as if you look at his numbers, he's nowhere near the worst player on the on uh, LeBron's team. So uh, his numbers are better than Gordon Gordon Dragic, who was an, an add-on. Uh, they're better than Paul George. They're uh, they're better than Kevin Love's. Um, they're a little bit better than Oladipo. He averages a few more points. They were better than Porzingis, who's having just a, a crazy year. So for as much as people want to bang on Lamarcus, man, he's still doing his thing right now. Man, dude's averaging twenty-two and eight. Right but it's now. his attitude. Nobody likes his attitude. He's just a nonchalant, non, a passive aggressive dude. I'm not tripping on that. Like, I don't. It does. He's just. He's Lamarcus is very, he's very really, vanilla. really sensitive. He is. But all these dudes are sensitive, man. There's not. Listen, basketball players are the most sensitive players of any sports. That's just every and everybody knows it. They're the most pampered. They, you know, they, they have the most exposure. So yeah, they are the biggest divas of any any sport. Baseball players are typically the typically the coolest guys, you know, in any sport. Or hockey players, maybe. Hockey players are the they're hockey players are the toughest dudes. Yeah. Oh, of all sports. You know. Football players are, you know, they're kinda probably half the most half. yeah. Probably the most I guess, you know, sought after, especially like if you're the quarterback or if you're like one of the main guys in the NFL, you're royalty in in America. But basketball players are just their divas. It's just not. It's always been the case. Uh, I think LaMarcus, though, is to an extreme as far as the sensitivity level. I think it's also very personal here. Mm. Like, I do wonder, like, if there was another super sensey NBA player that played here. I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. But, I mean, hell, like, even, like, like the freaking Shaq. Right? Shaq is one of the most sensitive guys I've ever seen about his history. Yeah. His conversation, yeah, would with Chuck on inside the NBA where like he was, he inst the second Chuck was like, Oh, you should have stayed in one more title. Shaq went like, <gasps> how dare you say that Chuck? See, I so, won. I won. I know what I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah, Shaq's big thing was Chuck. Cause I really think Shaquille, I think, I think Charles Barkley is really Shaq's biggest adversary. You know, I mean, really, I, I think David Robinson would probably be his, the one that I think, I think at least for me as a kid, that's the one I think of first. But I think about Charles Barkley picking Shaq up and slamming them and them trying to fight and stuff. They're like, there was some bad blood between them dudes when they played each other sometime. And I couldn't see, like, LaMarcus sitting across from um, from Shaq or, or Barkley or whatever, having them make a comment like that and him getting after Barkley. I, I'd see him being like, more like, oh, whatever, man. Because he really, like... Uh, he was very much a pers a pushover personality uh, in his interviews in in every like he I mean I think for Lamarcus it's it's off, off. he was never and we talked about this before on the show he was never slated to be the guy in Portland ever like it, it kind of happened by default for him like when he got there man Brandon Roy was the savior for Portland he was the the all-star he was the rookie of the year man he was the guy Lamarcus was just the guy next to him and then Greg Oden came and then LaMarcus got pushed to that third seat. And then Go got hurt. And then B-Roy got hurt. And it was, well, LaMarcus, you, you got to do a lot of the scoring for us. And then he became a star. It was like he's been overlooked all the time. It wasn't until, like, his last two years in Portland that people finally said, huh, LaMarcus might be the best power forward in the league. And a lot of us here were like, well, yeah. Like, he finally turned into that. But And then he got traded to San Antonio, and he took a, a, a step behind Kawhi Leonard again. Now you're not the guy, but you still produce, like – I don't. I understand why Portland fans are mad, but man, 
I can't ever fault nobody for going to get another job, especially when it gives me an opportunity to be great at what I do. Oh, yeah, I don't. Oh, yeah, that's why I, mean, I think I don't that's care why, that he went to go play with the Spurs. Like, we still see a lot of people that text in, like, always oh, take a little pride when the Marcus loses. Why? That's called hate, bro. Like, l- let that go. Well, it's, it's okay to hate a little bit. I don't see. I think, I think that's, I think it's when okay. you're, I think when you're 15. Yes, in sports, if, it. if it's like a if it's a player on your team that you think did you wrong, whether it was leaving, or if it was something that you you just didn't like how he acted on the team, which that's more how it was for me. I just didn't mm-hmm. that last year. There was that weird tension between him and Dame, and he didn't want Dame to have the spotlight, and and that was fine. But he also tried to stop it from happening. I don't, it was. I just kind of got yeah, a bad was, taste in my petty. mouth about it. It was petty, but it was. I hate pettiness. Yeah, I, man. I, that's why I'm not a big fan of the Washington, you know, football franchise. But yeah, it's just I, like, so that bothered me. So that's why I still like to put a little hate on the Marcus every now. No, I, and I, I'm, not, I I'm told, not that kind of person normally. No, but it's like, of course. Uh, and I, I totally get why you know people would feel that way. Uh, and Marcus said he was, you know, he's lying, and I'm, I'm going to be the best Blazer ever, ever. And that's still debatable if he is or not. You know, really ought to want to be the best Blazer ever. And then he left. So if he'd have just said, man, I'm not talking about free agency, we'll talk about it in the summer, cool. Leave it at that. But don't gas people up with all the extras. Yeah, that's enough LaMarcus Aldridge love, okay? Yeah. I'm just, I'm just saying, man, like, go get your money, young man. Uh, we need to get this text on the fan text line, 55305. If you offer me three of those four guys for playoff games, Reggie Miller, C-Webb, Chambers, or L.A., I take the first three. <laughs> oh, man, L.A.'s numbers are really good in the playoffs, man. Like, he's no punk. I, I'd you love know? to have Reggie Miller and Chris Webber in the playoffs, though, and, and Tom Chambers. I'll take Tom. I'll uh, I'll take Tom Chambers. Man, name name me one great C-Web moment that wasn't the series that he lost in five or six to the Lakers in the playoffs. There he has very few. There isn't any, really. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so I'll take, I'll take Reggie, yeah, but, you know. That's, what I'm, that's all I'm saying. Smooth shooting Reggie Miller. Wonder speaking, how many speaking threes which, he'd hit in this, so, this era. Of the there's NBA. an Uncle Drew movie coming out. Yeah, I saw that. And Reggie Miller is one of the <laughs> one of the guys in it, as well as Chris Webber. So it's like the the five time All Star game because Kyrie Irving is also a five time All Star. So you had to be at least an All Star five times to be in that movie. All right, uh, got a break coming up next. Let's dive into the actual Blazers at this point in the season. Uh, they are currently the sixth seed in the Western Conference. They got a huge win against the Warriors to wrap up their first half or their pre-All-Star break part of the season. But are they getting better or are we just in the cycle of death for the Blazers? That's next. First, Jesse S. Sports Center. Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 936 here on Sports Sunday. Almost said football Sunday. That would have been wrong. Oh, man. I mean, it's the first one back, so that's not. That wouldn't. It's going to take a while for me to retrain my brain. Because, look, it took me like two months to train my brain to say, I just did it again. Say football Sunday, yeah, yeah, not while. sports Sunday. Especially when we're so used to doing it, you know, every week. You know, it's just for like what twenty weeks or something like that. Twenty, yeah, from weeks. August through February. Yeah, so it's a long August, time. August, September, October, six, six, seven months. Yeah, yeah. it's a pretty long time. Yeah. Um. Oh, I was gonna say something, but I forgot what it was. Okay, Blazers. I did have another uh, something I wanted to bring up, but I'll think about it for, for the next segment or something. Uh, Blazers are currently in the sixth seed in the Western Conference. They don't play again until Friday against the Jazz. They actually play back-to-back Friday, Saturday against the Jazz and the Suns. Uh, but they're the sixth seed right now, or actually the seventh seed right now, as they are tied mm. with the Nuggets. Mm. nuggets. Tied with the Nuggets. Nuggets won their last game on, on Thursday, I guess. But uh, tied with the Nuggets at the seventh seed. They are only... Two and a half games back from the three seed and only one game ahead of being out of the playoffs. That is how tight the West is from the Spurs down through the Jazz, who are in the 10 seed. Uh, there is a four and a half game difference from three to 10. That is absolutely insane. So in one way, it depends how you want to look at it, glass half full or glass half empty. Blazers are only... Two and a half games away from the three seed, or Blazers are in a giant group of teams that could all miss the playoffs at the drop of a hat, depending on how they play in the last 20 games of the season. Um, I don't really know how I feel about it because 
the Blazers got the great win against the Warriors, right? Granted, the Warriors looked like they were sleepwalking through the first half of that game. And we're ready for the All-Star break. It was a good win. They've played generally better over the last little bit. But they also keep having these stretches where against bad teams or iffy teams, they're losing. I'm looking at you. The Pistons lost, even though Blake Griffin was there. They got destroyed by 20 points in that one. Looking at you, that 20-point loss to the Jazz. They're throwing 20-point losses in with, like, really good wins against the Warriors and uh, the T-Wolves a couple of, like, three weeks ago when they beat Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Some really good wins. And we've talked about this throughout the week over the last couple of weeks, too, but the, the Blazers, it feels like they're just in loop. They're in a cycle, right? hey, here's a really, really, really good win that's going to get you really hyped up and say that we're turning the corner and then we're going to start going around the loop and as we get to the downward end, oh, look, we're going to lose to Chicago. Just random team here. Some insert week team. Right. Oh, and then we're going to have a really good game against Boston but lose on the game-winning game, game -winning shot by Al Horford. Oh, and then we're, then we're going to be Minnesota, but then we're going to lose to Utah. Then we're going to be Golden State. It's, it's this loop that the Blazers are in where they're good enough to be a playoff team but yet it doesn't feel like they're good enough or playing well enough at least to break through the wall and feel like a legit team in the West. Now, I do want to say this. There's only two legit teams in the West right now. Mm. There's only two. Three. I'm not counting the Spurs because they're not playing super I'm, well I'm right talking now. about Minnesota. Well, they got the same record as the Spurs, so <laughs> they're on the same boat. Uh, but – I'd rather the Blazers be more like the Spurs or Minnesota than the Nuggets and the Pelicans. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'd rather they be playing to a level where every night you can consistently say, oh, yeah, they got a chance to win this game because I don't feel that way about the Blazers right now. Well, uh, And that's part of the loop problem is and it's just kind of a crapshoot. So I'm, I'm looking at the, the, the Western Conference and, you know, every team has an identity for the most part. Um, the Rockets are, we're going to go, we're, they're going to be, the Warriors, basically. We're going to spread the ball out on the on the perimeter. We're going to shoot a lot of threes. We got two point guards that are going to get a lot of assists, and so they're going to beat you inside, outside. You know, that's that's the Rockets' way. The Warriors, man, we got superstars. We got we got numbers. We're just going to put them all around the perimeter, let them shoot, and then they got to choose up, and then KD's just going to go crazy. That's the game plan every week. San Antonio, we're going to play together. We're going to play defense. We're going to hold these teams to 90 points, 94 points a night. San Antonio, one of only two teams in the NBA to hold opponents under 100 points per game. So I They're mean, averaging so, 98.5 points against. The only other team under 100 is the Celtics at 99.6. We're going to play great defense, and we're going to beat you up inside. You know, that's that's our that's our game plan. Minnesota, man, we're going to play phenomenal defense. Again, I'm going to beat you on the perimeter, and then we're going to beat you up inside. Blazers, huh? What's the game plan? CJ, you shoot as much as you can. Dame, you shoot as much as you can. Nurkic, you figure out how to fit in somewhere down there. Like I, I'm, I'm looking at them. It is awkward, every, yeah. It's every all these teams have a game plan of what they want to do, and I feel like the Blazers just kind of don't know who they are or what they kind of want to be. Like Houston Rockets play everybody. The reason they're so good in the Golden State, they play everybody the same way every night. I don't play down to my competition because. Man, oh, they they only got thirty uh, twenty four wins this year or eighteen wins. No, I'm gonna play Phoenix the same way that you play Boston, and that's why they get the results they get. Like the Blazers, I think they come into this game going, Utah, no problem. We just beat up on Minnesota last night or right. two nights ago. We're gonna handle Utah, and then oh, no. national TV against the Warriors. Let's go, let's go, yeah, let's go, let's do it, let's do Remember it. Remember, Alan Crabb said that when he was still here. He said that everybody always gets up for the national TV games. I felt that felt almost like a random drop in the hat comment, but when I heard it, I went. So you're admitting that you don't you don't really play care. the same? Yeah. I mean, and I guess that's a natural reaction, but I don't know. I, I did just I didn't like the way it came off, and I, I I think the Blazers do have an identity. I think the problem is is that they don't have the players that that could fulfill that identity consistently, because to me their identity is obviously Damon CJ are the workhorses, but Nurkic needs to be the pick and roll guy come up and set nice picks and allow both CJ and Dame to decide whether or not they're going to feed him or drive or shoot or whatever. Um, and if that doesn't work, the plan normally would be, I mean, it's it's a just typical basketball plan, but mm -hmm. get out to the open shooters, to the yeah. guy standing around the arc, get a, get a shot to them. The problem is, A, 
Nurkic has the worst touch around the basket I've seen for a skilled big man. He, he doesn't do layups. He just does little lob floaters. What that happened half the time to Nurk dunking? Anybody remember that? Well, remember he's tried. He, I don't know if you noticed lately. He's going for more dunks. Someone on the coaching staff was like, "Yusuf, you got to dunk the ball." Man. When he first came here last year, in the last year, and it could have just been because he was so energized to leave Denver and to get to a spot to where he was playing. Like, didn't we call him the Bosnian beast? Yep. Where's that beast? Where's that beast that guy? Is, has turned into the Bosnian floater lover because no. he loves to throw up little floaters. Because he's, like, he's tired of getting hit in the face. Hello. That's that thing. He's tired of getting elbowed and hit in the face. But I'm like, man, when you're that big, bro, you just you're you're gonna be fouled a lot. Yeah. And so, I'm I just don't know, like like I said, man, Golden State, Houston, um, uh Toronto, you know, these teams play each other the same way every single night. We're going to attack, attack, attack. The, the Blazers, like again, they're like, oh, okay, we're going to be up for Minnesota. We're going to be up for San Antonio. Uh, Denver, we'll see. But the other you know. thing, too, is so Nurkic is super inconsistent. So his role in the offense is good, and it works if he's playing well. And when he plays yes. well, we've seen him win. Yes. But when he's missing bunnies, they suck. And the other problem is the rest of their game plan is find the open shooter. They used to have those in Terry Stotts' offense. Now they have Mo Harkless and Al Farouk Aminu. Now, granted, Aminu's been actually hitting a lot of threes this year, but generally he's not a threat from the line, beyond the line. Evan Turner can't hit a three to save his life. So the offensive game plan is smart, but they don't have the players to execute that offensive game plan. Yeah, I, I think that's the big issue. And somebody just texted in game plan, Aminu at the four. I was like, oh, sorry, we tried that. And like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, Aminu, I mean, I'm sure he is an Awesome guy, you know what I'm saying. I, 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 I'm pretty sure he is, but just it, it's, it's, it hadn't worked, you know. Just him in the on the roster. Just, I mean, just hasn't worked. You have a lot of guys. That just man, it just didn't work. And then my my issue is like, well, blow it up to do what? Like to start where? Like you're too good to have like a, a lottery pick right now, but you're 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 not so good to where you're gonna go deep into the playoffs. So. You're the definition of a middle-of-the-road team. Just there's no, you know, no the pendulum is right there in the middle. No no up, no down, just right there in the middle. That's where you are. Well, you don't have anybody out there that's a little intense, right? Like you don't have somebody out there like uh, that's going to be basically with that mentality of I'm going to eat your babies. Like, you know, Whoa. like I, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm just kind of thinking of Derek Wolf, uh, our defensive end on the on the Denver Broncos, literally has said that to you know the opposing like team player. I I will eat your babies. Like he's he's pretty intense. But if you listen to, he's not like a horrible person. He's just on the field. He wants to win more than anything. You, you that's what you need out of you know the Bosnian beast. You need him every day coming and being like, I am going to take this area around the basket, it is going to be mine. You're not going to score in it, and I'm going to, you know, I, I'm going to dominate the offensive rebounds and putbacks. I fear he's going to become Rudy Fernandez. Just too good-looking, just too, you know what I'm saying, too in the mix for, for, for his own good. Well, Nurkic, too, he is sort of like that, but the second anything goes against him, that all vanishes, and he becomes whiny and pouty, which was what we were warned about when he came from Denver was – he didn't get his way. Nikola Jokic took his spot, and all he did was pout. Now, he's starting every day, Nurkic is, so that's positive But uh, in terms of that mindset. But if he misses a couple of shots, the Bosnia beast goes away. Yeah. Because he, he's 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 now upset. That's where you need like see, and that's where once again you need a you need a guy who's in there and it's like scoring's cool. We obviously we want you to score, but it's all those other things that he can do that really truly elevate the team. Like when you own the paint, all right, when he's in there owning the paint, when he's getting those offensive rebounds, um, when when he becomes a you know a a threat and all those other aspects, the points come. But it's having that person that wants to do that day in, day out, that's willing to go to the floor and actually feeds off of that physical play. And that doesn't go, oh, oh, man, I got hit in the face and then backs off. He goes, oh, you're going to hit me in the face. Bring it on. That's more of what you want down there in the paint because that just he's going to feed off of that type that that type of energy. And, and I mean, I kind of feel like Dame's kind of like that, but I don't think that kind of play is what you want from your point guard. Well, so. Or from your superstar, yeah. He he does, I would say Dame is that kind of player. He's got that that mentality, but he's got 
to focus on so many things exactly in each game that he can't pay attention to that soul thing uh, going on. Anyway, this this guy this guy says, yeah, you can't tank now, right? You yeah, can't. It's a wrap. Yeah, last you, year was the are. year to tank because you were four games away from the worst record in the West, and they kind of tried, right? The Nurkic trade seemed like a tank move, right? Except Nurkic wound up playing out of his mind for those twenty games, and they won a lot. So I mean, it kind of kind of felt like they were going in that direction because imagine if they actually did and like Jason Tatum is now on the Blazers or something as their three. Like that would be wonderful, right? And 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 I've, I don't want to talk about the whole like Donovan Mitchell because he's been awesome because they picked Zach Collins ahead of him thing. Collins actually looks pretty good uh, in, the, in the short time he's had. He's, he's got a really stable defensive base. He's a great defender. I think he could be really good. So I'm like, yeah, it was a little bit more of a future pick, but we'll see what happens with that. But if they, but th that text is right. You can't tank now. No, it's right. Rap. It's too late to tank. Yeah, you've got, you've got a potential big three. You've got a decision to make on Nurkic this off season. And to be honest, I'd probably re-sign him because you know, he's not going to get a max offer this year from somebody. So if somebody offers him a deal, you could probably match it for somewhat cheap. I you know. I mean, because he's still only twenty three years old. I think they will, and I think people see what you can get from Nurkic. Um, I think there are a lot of people out there that feel that Terry Stotts is not the best game manager. Um, mm. And I think with a, maybe a great coach that Yusuf Nurkic has, we see he has the skill to be great. So. All right. I, I disagree with that 100%, and I want to talk about it next because okay. we had a break and we're late. So. Yeah, super late. Uh, that's next on The Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, last segment of the first hour here on Sports. Sports Sunday. Sport, Good job. Sports Sunday. There it is. Sports. Is, sports. This, is this game over in a 2-2 tie? Uh, no, they have to play again. I was it's about to say, a, it's, well, it is. It's over, but they have a replay. I was about to throw my chapstick <laughs> at the TV if that was Because this, this is like a tournament. And the fact I didn't even see that they scored again—that's crazy. Um, this is a really big upset that Tottenham didn't win this game, so it's actually kind of a big deal. Um, anyway, you said that Terry Stotts might be the problem, essentially, right? In, I mean, in the, at the end of the last segment, that's what you inferred, yeah, kind of. And look, here, here's the thing: I, I am very passionate about this. Is that Terry Stotts is as far from the problem as is is anything in this team to me? The problem is the the actual. Team's creation doesn't make a lick of sense. I have been one of the more pro Neil O'Shea guys on this station since he got here. I loved what he did his first few years, right? I was raving. I loved the draft picks. I loved the second round picks. I loved the trades. Neil O'Shea destroyed this team with the 2016 offseason when he got Evan Turner for 70 mil and he Signed Gallon Crab for 70 mil. Granted, he got that off the, the books now. And when he re-signed Harkless and Myers Leonard for 40 and 40 mil um, for 80 combined million dollars. He destroyed this team for one simple reason is that none of those players fit a Terry Stotts system, right? Terry Stotts came from Rick Carlisle, the Dallas Mavericks, who was an assistant coach on that title-winning team. And if you remember, when the Blazers had the the best team that they've had in the last little bit in terms of players with Dame and Wes and Nick Batum and LaMarcus Aldridge and Robin Lopez, that fit the, the Terry Stotts offense. You had a banger inside who could easily put a, a layup back in or a put back, put up back in. He set really solid screens and he had, he was solid on the pick and roll. He didn't shoot at all, but whatever. You don't need your big guy to shoot. You had two really good three point shooters on the wings and Wes Matthews and in Nick Batum although maybe inconsistent for Nick Batum, but generally three good three-point shooters. And you had a four in LaMarcus Aldridge, who was a really, really good shooter. Granted, he didn't like to play inside, but could shoot the ball as well. Terry Stotts' system was predicated on pick-and-roll offense that led to either easy buckets on the inside or kick-out threes, plus a little isolation for Dame, and I guess eventually CJ when he turned into a, a more elite-style player. Currently, Terry Stotts cannot do his offense with this team, right? And he knows that. 
He knows he can't do it super effectively, so he's tweaking it. When Evan Turner's on the floor, he goes post up on Evan Turner on, on the guards on the inside, right? Mm -hmm. When Mo Harkless is on the floor, he leaves Mo basically solely for cuts and corner threes because that's all he does well. Um, Al Farouk Aminu is actually hitting threes this year, so he's kind of working in the Terry Stotts offense. But this is not a Terry Stotts problem to me. And if you listen to Damian Lillard, it's he he would leave if Terry Stotts left, right? He's like, if Stotts is leaving, I'm leaving. That's what he said. And I'm I'm down to trust Damian Lillard in his opinion on his head coach. Now I know he's been his only head coach, but it's a guy that you and you learn to to grow to respect that guy. But I trust Dame's opinion on that. Mm -hmm. And if Neil O'Shea had not brought in the players that he had in that offseason. I don't think there would be any question about Terry Stotts as a head coach because the offense wouldn't look so disjointed. Because right now he's doing his best with the pieces he has available to him, which doesn't fit his usual offensive game plan. Now, Jesse in the break said he doesn't like to coach defense. Well, I, yes, you could argue that. He coaches a very simplistic defensive style. Now, let's give the Blazers some credit. This year defensively, they're a top 15 defense, right? They're actually playing – better defense than we've seen them play in, in multiple seasons. So I got to give Terry Stotts some credit to getting that to happen as well. Took some time for their offense to catch back up, but because that's what started off being really bad this year was their offense. But I don't think this is anything to do with Terry Stotts at all. And that's why I'm saying you don't, this isn't like the, oh, if they keep doing this and Terry Stotts is gone thing. I don't think that's the right way to, to go about it. I think the roster needs to change significantly. Okay. So you, how long is too long? That's 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 my thing with Terry Stotts. Um, this is his what seventh year, sixth year as the Blazer head head coach. You know he's the fourth longest tenure coach in the NBA right, right. now. That's a huge problem, and the, the, it's he a terrible has, thing. That's and as, as a career winning percentage for the as the Blazers head coach, he's twentieth. We're not talking about a middle of the road team. Terry Stotts is a middle of the road coach low key like that's just unfortunately like he had that great year because you had a great team that blazer team is going to go down as one of the really good blazer teams of all time they'll probably be on 2k at some point because that team was really good with dame and lamarcus Whoa. and and they, they were that was a really I good team they're gonna be on 2k though they probably i mean <laughs> you, if you would have kept that team that's why everybody was so bummed when when it went down and everybody left because they knew that man if there was a window man that was it this was the team that probably could have did something. Now, you think about this that team being together today. You mean to tell me they wouldn't have competed for the Western Conference title right now? No. You don't think so? Nope. I think they would at least be. I think the they're the Timberwolves. They, I think they're better, but they're the Timberwolves. They would have been in the conversation, and they were right there. They, they were already in the second round of a playoff. They just didn't know how to play together and win at that point. But Terry Stotts, is a, he's, a, he's a, a, a good coach. He's not a, he's not a bad coach, but at the same time, like in six years— You've 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 done very very little to make sure your team can even get out of the second round, or even more than that, win a game in the second round. Like that's what you're that's that's what you're looking at right now. So I, I'm just we we talk a lot about his oh man he, what is he doing with his rotations and how come this guy doesn't play more and if we went for a long time without seeing Mo Harkless right because he game. was playing like absolute garbage because there was no even no there was no consistency no, anywhere like, because ter no 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 there was no consistency anywhere right, there, the you're right there was no the consistency places. because nothing was working because everything he tried failed guess what he found he found some lineups that actually are playing decently right now right I know I'm talking about they're in the loop but generally the lineups he's 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 found have actually played fairly well together, right? He was bumping around with all these people because everybody was playing like crap in the beginning of the season, especially offensively. I, I just think it's it's so irresponsible for NBA teams to fire coaches as quickly as they do. There's, there's only like three or four great coaches in the NBA, right? Yes. Oh, that's about it, right? And I'm, what, it's, I, I don't even know if I put Steve Kerr in that conversation because his team is so freaking good, but Popovich... Maybe Brad Stevens. Um, I mean, hell, who else? Who else would you put as a great head coach? Tyrone Lue? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't put him there. No, um, I like uh, the job. Maybe D'Antoni, I guess you could say. D'Antoni. Sure. Um, um, shoot. Uh, I'm not have to look. Luke that's Walton. kind of it, right? Luke Walton. Maybe Steve Kerr. Don't yeah, give Steve me Luke Kerr. Walton. Yeah, Steve Kerr. So, for sure. like, I, I know people like to argue that because his team is so good, but I think Steve, Steve Kerr is a good phenomenal job. coach. Beyond that, 
everybody else is is at a different level down. And I do think that Terry Stotts is in that next level Thibodeau. with the Thibodeaux and the Van Gundys and the guy. I can't remember the coach's name on the Raptors. He's a good head coach. Uh, Dwayne Casey. Dwayne Casey, that's right. Uh, he's a good head coach too. I think Terry Stotts is in that level because think about what he's been able to do with the team that really isn't that good. Good. If you really look on paper, this team isn't that good. And I would, I would agree with you. Like we say, we fire coaches soon. Yes, totally agree. But it's been six years now, seven years. Like at this, what point, has he done like, but make the playoffs almost every year? You've made the playoffs almost good, but you've been. It's hasn't been like in a high seat. You know, you haven't. You've you've been barely making the playoffs. There's been talk of your team's tanking at this point in the season. We've had that tank conversation for the past two seasons up until today. But I don't blame Stotts for that. Exactly. I blame O'Shea for that. I I mean, you have to blame O'Shea for that, but Stotts has to coach these dudes. And like you said, he kept going through rotation after rotation trying to figure out what works. If you're looking for for some consistency, it's got to come from your coach. And that's – you haven't gotten that at any point. We still don't know what the Blazers are or who they are as a, as a franchise. This conversation is no different than any other small market, though. Like, I mean, you're you're just looking at – you're just another small market team stuck in purgatory of – making the playoffs maybe getting to the second round and getting kicked out because you don't quite have enough talent, but because you made the playoffs, you don't have quite enough, like you don't have enough assets to go into the draft and get somebody new. You can't attract free agents. You just end up in purgatory. Like the- the, to me, the difference between Stotts and other coaches in that sense, because I think you're right is look at the Grizzlies right now, right? The Grizzlies had a team, excuse me. That was a very good team that had a great defensive mindset that made the playoffs regularly, but never, ever really made it super far into the playoffs except for that one year. Then they switched their coach. Now where are they? 18 and 38. They're bad. Yep. That's the difference. Terry Stotts kept this team, which I really truly don't think is that good of a roster, currently in the middle of the Western Conference playoff conversation. Right? Albeit a kind of crowded and you know middle sure. of the road playoff yes but yes but for right. two years now yes, they have been right. at the in the middle of the conversation and they've fluctuated of course up and down but there's been or last three years i could even say there's been they've been there so i want to give terry stotts that credit and i don't want to blame him for this because it's not him he's done the most he can possibly do with the roster that has been given to him I mean, we get a lot of people saying fire Olshay, and I totally agree. Like, I'm not a Neil Olshay fan. You know, I no longer trust in Olshay. But please believe, you get a new GM, you're going to get a new head coach too. That's that that that's almost always the case. Uh, I don't know about that because again, Damian Lillard is going to go to bat for for Stotts, and whoever gonna, the new GM better gonna, listen to Dame, or else, guess what? Dame's going to walk in four years or whatever it is. So. Let's 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 not pretend like that's not going to be a thing that people got to worry about too. I think this question is is key from Zach in Portland. So we replace stops with who? Who makes this team better? I don't know. No idea. That's the problem. I have no idea. If you replace Stotts, you're going into a huge weight of average NBA coaches who might work out or might not. But you're not getting Steve Kerr-level talent. Yeah, but we can always think that there are just no head coaches out there because they're not on this level. Like nobody, nobody thought Brad Stevens would work in the NBA. No one thought that that would happen. And what? he's one of the better. I thought Brad Stevens would work in the NBA. He was a great head coach. Man, he's, here's a, uh, he he's made a tiny college, school who Butler, was bad. Straight from Butler. There are a, a lot of people hating on Brad Stevens and, and being from, from the small school and all and all that stuff coming to the NBA. I remember there was a lot of hate on this young kid, and then he ended up being great. Okay, wow. We are. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Uh, let's break. Hour two coming up next. Okay, bye. <laughs> Thanks, bye.